Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey guys, welcome to Sandals Church. I'm so glad that you are here today. We are, we are embarking on a spiritual journey. We are gonna start a series, uh, and it's unlike any series we've ever done. I've been the pastor at Sandals Church for almost 25 years. I know I don't look that old. I started the church when I was 11. So, uh, <laughs> but man, for, for 25 years, and, and just to be honest and transparent, I'm always a little bit leery about churches that embark on these kind of journeys. Uh, I've always believed that Jesus is a healer. I've always struggled with how do, how do we do this in the church? And, and, and typically churches fall into one of two camps. They don't do it at all, or they do it and they get weird. And at Sandals Church, I don't wanna be either of those churches. What we wanna do is we want to experience Jesus. We want people to experience Jesus. And, and let me just say this to you. If you're hesitant or you're leery about this series, I believe this, that America is no longer interested in Jesus as a savior, but they will consider him as a healer. And that's what we're gonna be talking about. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna ask Jesus to unleash his power through our church for the next couple weeks. And I'm not even certain yet how long this series is gonna go. We're gonna trust the Holy Spirit on this. And we're gonna just kinda, we're gonna make our way through this. And so I just want you to, to have an open heart, uh, uh, open hands, whatever God wants to do in your life. Uh, I know we got a lot of Baptists in sandals and so you're already sweating. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Um, the Holy Spirit loves you too. It's, it's gonna be okay. We're, we're gonna get through this together. But here's what I want you to know. This series is about Jesus. It's called The Healer and his name is Jesus. And, and oftentimes we, we forget that. And so today we're gonna to baptize ourselves, just reminding us that that's who he was. What I did in preparation for this series is I outlined every single miracle in the gospels. I found 37 unique miracles that Jesus performed. And every single miracle has a reason. God is not random, he is not careless, and it is never without cause. Of the 37 miracles, 28 of them are healing. What does that tell us about what Jesus wants to do? For so many of us as Christians, we call him savior, and yet over two thirds of his miracles are healing. And that's what we, I just want you to think about. If our world's gonna consider Jesus, they have to experience the healer first. They have to see how he can change their tangible life right here, right now, where they are. And so we're just gonna begin with a word of prayer and we're gonna invite Jesus to be with us and to move through us. And we're gonna walk step by step through some of the hand-picked miracles that I've chosen. We're not gonna go through all 28, but we're gonna pick some really, really important ones. And then what we're gonna do is, at some point, we're going to have a healing service where we just ask God, we just ask God to heal. And so that's not gonna be today, but although if, if some of you today need prayer, I mean, you can have that every week. But this is gonna be a specific service dedicated to inviting people who need healing. And we're gonna invite the healer to heal, to do what he does. So would you join me in prayer today as we, we launch this series and we ask Jesus, the healer, to heal at Sandals Church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we invite your son, Jesus Christ, 
to be present in this place. Holy Spirit, we invite you to unleash your power, just as you unleashed it through Jesus, that you would unleash it through us, and that our, our world, our state, Lord, our churches would be healed by your son, Jesus Christ. He is the healer. There's been so much sickness, so much death, so much controversy. Lord Jesus, just bring about healing. Heal our divisions. Heal racism, Lord. Heal disease. Heal depression. Heal anxiety. We invite you to unleash your power upon this church. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take a look at Mark chapter 9. Mark is an interesting gospel. It's the shortest gospel. Most people say it's the earliest gospel. I kind of think Matthew is, and you know, I mean, I'm right. It's okay. But most people think it's the earliest gospel. And really what it is, it's Mark's summaries of Peter's sermons. So these are the sermons that Peter preached while in Rome. And Peter wants the Romans to know Jesus is healer. And so he has the most miracles in the shortest amount of time of any other gospel. And so in Mark 9, chapter 14, we're gonna jump right into it. We experience controversy when we talk about healing. And so did Jesus. So in Mark chapter nine, verses 14 and 29, it says, and when they came to the disciples. Now who's they? It's Jesus and three disciples. Where were they? Peter, James, and John went with Jesus to the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw Jesus for who he, who he, who, who he really is. They're wowed by it. And they come back and they find the other nine who got left, not picked, got left. And there's a controversy. They saw a great crowd around the nine disciples who didn't get to go with the three. And the scribes were arguing with them. And immediately the crowd sees Jesus, sees Peter, sees James, sees John, and they're greatly amazed. And they ran to him. Let's dump these nine morons, right? Jesus is here. And Jesus asked, what are you guys arguing about? That's what Christians do, amen? We don't, we don't want healing. We want to argue. That's how you change lives, right? I mean, it works on Twitter, right? When you just tell somebody, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're wrong. And they're like, thank you so much. I didn't see that. You've changed my life for the better. I appreciate that. Someone from the crowd, I love this. Someone from the crowd, like, what's going on? Why are you guys fighting? None of the nine disciples will tell him. Someone from the crowd answered him. He said, teacher, I brought my son to your disciples. I brought them. For he is a spirit that makes him mute and, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth and he grinds his teeth and he becomes rigid. Let me tell you something. If you don't pray, you'll start when you become a parent. One of Tammy and I's best friends said this, you will only be as happy as your most depressed child. And so this guy's like, look, man, I'm desperate. I'm desperate. I, I, I brought my kid to church and it didn't work. It didn't work. They couldn't heal him. And some of you've had that experience. You've asked for prayer and it hasn't worked. Some of you've had a Christian tell you, God said you're going to get a miracle and it didn't happen. Let me just say this. If you're a Christian, don't ever speak for God unless God has spoken to you. You know what I say? I say this. I feel like God. I'm sensing that God. But I don't say God said unless God said. And so let me say this. It's not God who's been wrong. It's that person who spoke for God. And you got to learn to quit listening to those people. And so somebody said, well, well, healing isn't real. Well, let me tell you something. If we just go based upon the nine knuckleheads, the disciples, healing's not real. There's going to be a miracle because Jesus just showed up. 
And the dad says, think about this, parents. I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. Man, there's just some things we can't do as Christians. There's just some things we can't get right. And he answered them, oh, you faithless generation. Can I just stop and say that's some of you today? You believe conspiracies more than you believe in Christ. I mean, that'll preach, amen, that was good. But if you believe that, it's not good. You are more into controversy than you are into Christ. Oh, you faithless generation. Listen to this. How long am I to be with you? I mean, can you imagine when Jesus looks at you and he's like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> like, what did you do wrong when you made Jesus lose his patience? He's like, I'm out. He says, how long am I to bear with you? He says, bring him to me. And that's what this series is all about. Let's just bring people to Jesus and see what Jesus does. And they brought the boy to him. Think about this, parents. Parents that struggle and wrestle with kids with disabilities. Kids that have mental illnesses. I mean, we don't, we don't do a great job with this in our society. We don't. What would happen if our society began to see the church as the place to bring a kid. Can you imagine? And it says, and when the spirit saw him, now this is not the Holy Spirit, this is an evil spirit, who's residing inside of a little boy. Now for some of you, your mind just got blown. Welcome to Jesus. Let me just help you out. You think you're your own person. Listen to me, you are a container created by God. A container and you were made to contain the Holy Spirit or other spirits. You choose what fills you. You choose what possesses you. You choose what empowers you. And he fell on the ground and he rolled about foaming at the mouth. Listen to this. For those of you who don't believe in Jesus, for those of you who don't love Jesus, Jesus never went to medical school. Look at the first thing Jesus does. Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? That's what a good doctor does. How long have you had these symptoms? How long has this been going on? You say, well, I thought Jesus was the son of God. I thought, I thought he knows everything. Yeah, and he loves this father. He wants to know, how long has this been going on? I, I'm guessing at, the time, at this time, the father's bawling, right? This is his kid. Jesus just showed up and it got worse. That's what happens sometimes before it gets better. You think the devil's gonna let you go? He's not gonna let you go until Jesus says, let be loosed, be freed. He says from childhood, and it has often cast him into fire and into water. Listen to this, to destroy him. So many of you young people today, you are doubting God and you are believing the devil. The devil wants to destroy you. Jesus wants to save you. And then the father says, he's desperate, right? If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And now Jesus is irritated. Excuse me? He said, if you, if you can, Can I just say this? 
That's where many of you are as Christians. Jesus, if you can do something, that's offensive to Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry, you want me to fix your marriage? Let me take a break from making the earth spin and float. <laughs> and then I'll come help your little problem. Let me, let, me, let me help you out. And then Jesus says this, all things are possible for one who believes. And then listen to this. Immediately the father said, the father of the child cried out and he said, I believe, I believe. And then he got real. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the crowd had come together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing terribly, it came out. You see, even the devil has to obey Jesus. And then it says this, and the boy was like a corpse. So that most of them thought he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he rose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples, man, they came to him. And they said, why couldn't we cast it out? Why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus says, this kind can only be driven out by prayer. Let me tell you something. Maybe the reason that you haven't experienced the miracles that you want to see in your life is you don't have the relationship with Jesus that you need yet in your life. And I want to talk to you today about how to experience the healing power of Jesus. How can I experience this? Number one, I have to believe that Jesus can heal. I must never doubt that he can. I don't know if he will. I don't, I don't know. God doesn't say, hey, Pastor Matt, what do you think about this? The Holy Spirit and I were talking. That's not the way God works. I don't always know the will of God, but I know this, I will never doubt the power of God. I have to believe that he can. That's where our faith has to come from. We don't know what you're going to do, but I have to believe that you can. Jesus was not offended by his fear over his son. He was offended by his lack of faith. Jesus said to him, if I can, if I can, he says all things are possible for one who believes. For one who believes. So the father lacked faith. And we all are this, man. When, when it's our marriage that's on the line, we lack faith. When it's our kid that's sick, we lack faith. When we're waiting upon a test result, we lack faith. This is where we live. This is where we breathe. This is where we move. Because some things are scary. But I want you to see here, it's not just the father that lacks faith. It was the nine disciples who lacked faith. Mark 9, 19, listen to this. And he answered them, oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? He's not talking to the crowd. He's talking to the nine. You see, there's a reason those nine didn't just go to the mountaintop. They weren't ready. They weren't ready. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear you? I've already given you the power. I've already given you the ability. And the only reason you can't do what I just did is you don't believe. Listen to me, if you need a miracle, 
in your marriage. You need a miracle in your finances. You need a miracle with your health. Listen to me, faith is essential to healing. If you don't believe, you won't get one. It won't happen. Matthew 21, 22 says this, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Now let's back the bus up. Faith does not guarantee a miracle, but a lack of faith guarantees you will get no miracle. Let me say that again. Faith does not guarantee a miracle. Can I just tell you, I just looked at the Google stats, 55 million people will die this year. That's normal. We shouldn't be shocked when people die. You are all gonna die. I love you, you're all sweet, beautiful, and cute. Even the ones online, I'm sure you're beautiful even though I can't see you. You're gonna die, it's gonna happen. Even if you get a miracle, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and he had to go through it again. <laughs> he had to die twice. He's in heaven roasting marshmallows with the Holy Spirit. Nope, gotta go back. Like we just, we just gotta understand this. You are not guaranteed a miracle. You are guaranteed the presence of Jesus. So how to experience the healing power of Jesus? Number one, you gotta believe. Number two, can I just preach this? You gotta learn to ask. What, you don't ask. Why is it as Christians, we're always the last ones to ask. The first miracle I ever experienced at Sandals Church, the first miracle, I'd never seen a miracle like this. I'd never seen God bring somebody back from the dead. We were in the emergency room. We were at a birthday party for my sister-in-law and her daughter who was, was weeks old, weeks old, had either a heart attack or a stroke, we don't know. And so a bunch of adults trying to do the best we can did CPR on her and we actually blew holes in her lungs because we didn't know what we were doing. We're freaking out. So she had a stroke or a heart attack. We don't know which came first. And then we blew holes in her lungs to help her. And I remember sitting in the emergency room. We just went to a birthday party to the worst day of our life. And someone said, shouldn't we pray? I was like, I think that's my role. <laughs> it never occurred to me to pray. And I'd love to tell you we were in the prayer room at Kaiser, but they don't call that anymore. It's a meditation room. And let me tell you what your meditation does, nothing. Get in Zen, do your yoga, it ain't gonna help. I mean, you might be a little more limber, right? But you're not producing miracles. Jesus never gets in downward dog and heals somebody. Never. But a church member said, shouldn't we pray? Shouldn't we pray? I'll never forget this. We got on our knees and we prayed and we cried out to God. And the doctor, the ER doctor, met us in the meditation room. As soon as the last person said amen, the doctor was standing in the middle and he said, we got her back. We got her back. That little girl's graduating college this year. We got her back. Can I just ask you something? What would have happened if we didn't ask? I don't know. 
But I know this, God is not in the business of doing miracles that are not requested. You wanna do life on your own? Go ahead. That's what hell is, by the way. It's eternity on your own with a bunch of other self-centered people and the devil. I mean, throw that in there. I mean, you talk about a bad vacation. You're with Satan forever. Enjoy. All the atheists, this is not real, this is not real. Oh, it's real. Welcome. And it's hot. John 16, 23. Listen to this verse. Jesus says this. Because this is so true for so many of you. You have marriage problems. You have problems with your kids. You have problems with your finances. You have problems with your health. And you have never asked the healer for help. Listen to Jesus, John 16, 23. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. We, we, we went on a hike together. A little boy had a, a couple pieces of fish and some bread, and I fed 5,000 people, and you can't ask me for something? Isn't it amazing? We will watch miracles. We will watch lives being changed, but we'll never ask it for our own marriage, for our own children. Until you have asked nothing in my name. Ask. Listen to what Jesus says. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Look, you have a God who's waiting for your request. We've all been in this COVID thing now for two and a half years and I'm hoping that, you know, it's over, but it keeps being over and coming back. You know, COVID, man, just, it just doesn't stop. But, you know, there's been a lot of death. There's been a lot of hurt. There's been, there's been a lot of wounding. And here's the thing. So many of us through this, we, we've never even thought to ask God for prayer, for help. I, I'm just wondering how many of us missed out on the miracle because we didn't ask for it. And you say, oh, Pastor Matt, I don't, I don't believe that's true. I don't think God would keep me from a miracle or a blessing just because I didn't ask. Well, there's this guy named James, and he's in the Bible, and he's the half-brother of Jesus. I think he knows him a little better than you and I. He says this, you do not have because you do not ask. For some of you, God is still a stranger. Let me introduce him to you. God is not in the business of answering prayers we do not pray. And then there's always a smarty pants in the crowd. Well, the Bible says God already knows what I'm going to ask before I ask it. And yet he still wants to hear his children ask. One of the things that I see happening in America and even in Canada, even Canada's waking up trippy, huh? You know, I thought they were just like, hey, and now it's nope. You know, a bunch of truckers. I'm not going to Canada. It's cold and they're mad. You know, but listen to this. Do you know what, do you know why so many people in the world are angry right now? It's one answer, whether it's parents at school board meetings, whether it's, you know, our, our, if you're in California, our homeless czars that are supposed to make it better, right? Our mayors, our governors. Here's the number one complaint I hear from everyone. I have not been heard. Isn't it amazing that our God who sits in heaven waits to hear your request? He's so much better than our leaders. He's so much better than our elected officials. 
He waits to hear your request. Isn't that incredible? That's why the Bible says, let us come boldly before the throne. Because God is waiting. You have a front row seat to Jesus. And do you know why that is? Listen to me. My kids don't have to have a reason to call me. On my phone, I love you guys. I have favorites. You're not one of them. <laughs> so even if my phone is on silence, when my kids call, it goes through. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what's happening in heaven right now, and I don't know. But when a son or daughter of the king makes a call, everything in heaven stops to hear your request. You are heard. You may not be heard by your parents. You may not have been heard by your spouse. You may not have been heard by our government, but you are heard by God if you're a child of God. How can I experience the, the healing power of Jesus? Number three. I gotta trust that Jesus will always answer me. I hear this all the time. I don't pray anymore because God didn't answer my prayer, false. God answers every single prayer that is prayed. There has never been in the history of the world an unanswered prayer. That's why Hebrews said, and I just quoted it. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God and there we will receive his mercy and we will find the grace to help us when we need it the what? The most, the most. Don't ever say that prayer wasn't answered. They're all answered. God doesn't have voicemail that he's trying to get to. That's not the way God works. Jesus answers every single prayer in three ways. Number one, yes. That's what we all want, right? I mean, who loves, who loves a no? I, I hate no. I hate it unless I have to give it. I like saying no. I don't like hearing no, amen? You know, I love saying no, no. My wife said one time, why do you say no before I finish my question? I'm like, I don't know. Let me just say this. Here's why you should pray and ask God for a miracle. Here's why he might say yes. He might say yes. A couple of years ago, um, I, I've, I've had this, this young lady in my life since she's a teenager, and it's just one of those stories that breaks your heart, you know? I mean, life isn't fair. It doesn't always make sense. She's one of these gals, she got cancer in high school. She's a good friend, she works for me. I, I got to perform her wedding ceremony. I've been with her on this journey for over a decade. And she's just one of those people that, you know, the cancer just keeps coming back. And it's not fair and it doesn't make sense. I remember when she, she called me, she said, I went to the City of Hope and this is what the doctor said. We don't know why the treatment's not working for you. You're just unlucky. You see, to doctors, you are a mathematical formula and they're guessing. And here's the thing. They don't know why chemo works on some people and it doesn't on others. It's why it's called medical practice. Jesus doesn't practice because he is the healer. 
And I'll never forget, she showed me on her iPhone a picture of her body scan. And her body looked like a Dalmatian dog. And every black spot on the white background all over her body was the cancer, and it was everywhere. And she said, Pastor, will you pray for me to heal? And you can't see it, but Dan Zimbardi, is, he's my executive pastor. He was in the room with me as this young, beautiful woman cried out to God, and she said, I don't want to die. She screamed it. She screamed it. The medical world said there's nothing else we can do. And yet, she still works for me and she's here with me today, years later. Why? Because God said yes. Okay, okay. I don't know that God's gonna tell you yes, but I know that we worship a God who loves to say yes to his children. Yes! One of my favorite things that Jesus says, you parents, what of what, what you parents when your child asks for an egg would give them a snake? Only the evil parents in our church who buy their children snakes. That's just <laughs> wrong. He says, which of you when your child asks for an egg, you would give them a snake? He said, so if you parents being evil, there's a compliment from Jesus, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give to you? If you as an evil parent can give a good gift, why not ask God? He might say yes. In Matthew 8, two through three, suddenly a man with leprosy approached Jesus and he knelt before him. Can I ask you, Christian, when have you ever knelt before your Lord? Because I got news for you. Many of you Christians that call yourselves believers in Jesus, the first time you're gonna kneel is the moment you met him and you're gonna regret that you hadn't knelt before. He approached him and he knelt before him and he said, Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out to him and touched him. Listen to these words. I am willing. And he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Why should you ask God for a miracle? Because you might get one. You might get one. And as your pastor, I gotta tell you, when my wife and I go to bed at night, we pray for our kids, and parents, if you don't pray for your kids, you better start. We pray for their husbands. We pray for our marriage. And we pray for this church. And let me tell you why we ask that of the Lord every night before we go to bed. Because he's a God who says, yes, I'm willing. But let me tell you this. The Lord is sovereign. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords, and he owes no one and nothing an explanation. And God can say no. Don't tell me you didn't get an answer. You didn't get the answer you wanted. Everybody loves a God who says yes. 
Real worship happens when you worship a God who said no. No. I don't know who you think you are, but you're not the Apostle Paul. I don't, I don't know what you think the Lord owes you, but the Apostle Paul went to God. Listen to these words. He said three different times, I begged. He doesn't use the word prayed, begged. I begged the Lord to take it away. What was it? We don't know. He calls it a thorn in his flesh. Three times. And every single time the Lord said, no. My grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. Oh Lord, I need a miracle. What you need right now is a miracle of grace. He says this, my power works best in weakness. Did you know that the Lord Jesus Christ on the night before he was crucified asked God the Father to take away the cross? And God said to his one and only son, no. If God can tell Jesus no, why can't he tell you no? And here's the truth. Some of you think you're God. And he has to do what you say. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega does not need your permission or my permission to say no. So God can say yes. That's why we pray. God can say no because he's sovereign. And to be sovereign means to do as one chooses. God and God alone is sovereign. But you know what God can also say? Wait. Wait. A couple of weeks ago, we were going to go bike riding with some friends of ours. And, and just so you know, I, I bought Tammy a, a bike for Christmas. We've not ridden it once. <laughs> it is now almost March. And I just look at those very expensive bikes in our living room every day. And I was like, gift fail, right? Um, and so instead of going for a bike ride, we went to a restaurant that I hate. I haven't been there in years because nobody asked me where I wanted to go. And so we went to this old restaurant and, it's, and it's, it's the stomping grounds of where Sandals first started. And around this restaurant that I hate and I never want to go to again, um, it's, it's surrounded by all these buildings that I prayed for. And I said, Lord, if you just give me this building, Sandals would be a great church. And I just started crying because those buildings wouldn't fit our staff. <laughs> our staff couldn't fit in the building. I had no idea what God wanted to do. And so he said, wait, wait. You see, some of you, you get impatient and you want the little miracle. But God wants to give you the big one. And you know how you get the big one? You wait. You wait. Some of you parents are praying for children that have fallen away from God. And you've prayed. And you think it's a no. It could be a wait. You're praying for a family member, a friend, 
It could be a weight. Can I just tell you something? Your prayers may outlive you. You may be dead and your prayers are still working. Still working. Because you don't know what journey God has to get that person you love so much, where that God has to get that person so he can answer that prayer. But we're not good at waiting, are we? We're, we're not good, man. How many of you lose your minds at Starbucks because you had to wait an extra minute? Oh, oh my gosh. Tammy and I were getting on a plane. We just spent a week in Cabo last week. That's why I'm so tan. <laughs> and I kid you not, you know, so, so whenever you get on a plane, right, there's group one, group two, unless you're flying Southwest, and I don't even understand their algebra. I'm just like, do I have a seat on the plane? You know, I love you, Southwest, but I, you know, I don't want to be sitting next to the, you know, the flight attendants. You know, oh, this is my seat. Um, so we fly United, and, uh, and no hate on the other ones. That's just where my miles are, so deal with it. But, you know, there's group one, group two, group three, group four, group five, group six, and this dude was losing his mind because of the amount of people in group one. Losing his ever-loving mind because there were too many people in group one. And he started preaching a sermon to us. What's the point of being global elite status? If you gotta wait, you know, all this stuff, he's losing his mind, losing his mind. And what he doesn't know is the reason the line is so long is they're trying to put people on the plane in wheelchairs. Let me tell you something, when he got on the plane, he didn't have a sermon anymore. He's like, oh, I look like an idiot. Yes, you did. His own wife was like, he's complaining because he's in group one. If you're a Christian, you're in group one. Praise God, the line is long. It means a lot of people got saved. Right? I mean, you're just, oh my gosh. Psalm 27, 14. Wait patiently for the Lord. Some of you, I, the Lord is speaking to me. This needs to be tattooed somewhere on your body. Probably your forehead. Wait patiently upon the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Can I just say this? The more important your prayer is, the longer you should be willing to wait. One of my favorite places to eat, I love to eat at farm-to-table restaurants or scratch kitchens. You say, what are those? It means you're eating real food, okay? Real food. I mean, some of you eat at restaurants and the only time you should have to put on a mask is right before you eat that food because it's really bad for you, <laughs> you know? But you know what farm to table and scratch kitchens take? Time. You know what doesn't take time? A 39 cent burrito. And there, not, there may not be a bean in that burrito. So when something's special, it takes time. Like, right? All our pregnant moms, it takes time to produce something of value. It takes time. So we have to be willing to wait. We have to be willing to trust God in the process. But 
I want, I want you to, I want to close with this. I want to close with the nine disciples because they couldn't produce a miracle and they were frustrated. And let me just say this. Sometimes you're going to pray to God and it isn't going to work. It's not, it's not a wait and it's not a yes. It's a no. And so when they entered the house, his disciples asked him privately. See, they didn't want to be publicly embarrassed. They were already embarrassed. They said, why couldn't we cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Listen to me. Learning to wait on God deepens your relationship with him. And some of you, I don't know if it's five years from now, I don't know if it's 10 years from now, you're gonna have a big ask. You had better start now learning to connect with God so you get a sense of what it is you're supposed to pray for. And so here's what I wanna challenge you. Start praying for small things. I wanna encourage you, and just know, in confession, I'm the worst journaler of all time, okay? I'm like Jesus. He didn't write the gospel. Someone else had to do it for him. So just, just like Jesus. Um, what I'm going to do, and I'm going to commit to you, is I'm going to journal. I have some specific things I'm praying for through this series. And I'm going to journal to see what God does. Because here's the thing. It's not your fault. You're human. The only things we remember are the things we didn't get. So you got to write down the things God said yes to. To remind yourself, to encourage you to pray when it's the big ask. And here's the thing you need to know. You need to get good at praying for little things so when the big thing happens, you know how to go boldly before the throne of God. And you know that you've been heard. And let me tell you something, you will pray with a power that you never could imagine because you've connected with God Almighty. I wanna challenge you to pray, every single one of you, in this series for our church. I wanna pray that God does amazing miracles. I wanna pray that God heals marriages, cures cancer, God changes lives. I don't know what God is gonna do, but we're gonna ask. We're gonna ask as a church because people are dying, people are hurting, and people are lost. And we want them to meet the resurrected Jesus who is the healer. Who is the healer. And for so many of our friends and so many of our family, before they accept him into their heart as savior, they need to meet him as healer. So let's close in prayer and let's just pray for our church. Let's pray for all the people, the thousands of people that are gonna hear this sermon. Last weekend, it was 32,000 people. Can you believe that? But I know there's more than 32,000 people that need to hear these sermons and be healed by Jesus. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of your son because he said to pray in his name. We pray in his name and we ask for miraculous signs and wonders in our church. We pray for healing. We pray for marriages where there is no hope. We pray for restoration. We pray for financial miracles. We pray for physical healing. God, we pray 
for so many of our young people that are so depressed and so anxious and so overwhelmed because as adults, we've led so poorly these last two years. We pray for them, that they would meet the healer, the one and the only, Jesus Christ. Jesus, we pray this in your name, and we pray this series would be for your glory. Amen.